Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Now we're talking. Simon Briggs is here, folks. That's all you need to know. And um, we don't know what sort of state he's in because we haven't seen him for about two weeks. Um, <laughs> but we know the finalists, both in the women's and the men's singles now. Um, and it is going to be Dominic Team, who's scraped his way through in four sets against uh, Alexander Zverev. We've just been into Zverev's press conference. He was suitably downbeat, um, but relatively positive about his experience over the last couple of weeks how's your fortnight been simon yeah it's been quite busy again every time we come to australia there's a sort of running joke that maybe this will be the quiet australian open and we had i mean encouragingly in some ways there was very low british participation and and we would like to mention at this point the remarkable efforts of harriet dart's management agency to put her on a round of all the bbc shows talk about being the last Britain standing in Melbourne having made the second round <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday of the opening week. Anyway, the point, the point being that the Brits didn't really go very far. Okay, we've got two doubles players in the finals, Jamie Murray and Joe Salisbury, which is great. The singles players didn't distinguish themselves and yet it's, it's still been a great, a great tournament. Yeah. No, from our has, point of view. It has been a great tournament because we've had... Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think the women's final is in, is very interesting, and and there's, there are two great stories. It's not it's not the Ash Barty story. We were talking about that last night, but tonight's final um, semi final between Team and Zverev, it didn't go as I thought it would go. I thought that Team would would eventually hit his stride and just start blitzing Zverev, but it was it was really tense tonight didn't you think that Catherine yeah it was it's it's just it's a it's quite hard to do that against um Alex Verov it's it's such a different proposition to to Nadal in every possible way in terms of mental approach for him I mean he I mean as as I said a couple of days ago I feared a potential flatness from from team just because Nadal would feel like a summit for him. Beating Nadal at a slam would feel like a summit. Um, so to then bounce back from that against somebody... Well, I mean, it's no, it, it, it's no slight to say. Just doesn't get, as an opponent, doesn't get his adrenaline pumping in quite the same way. I mean, nobody would um, as Rafael Nadal. That combined with 
Zverev's style just could not have been a more different proposition. He was having to generate everything himself tonight. All the pace, all the play was having to come from Dominic Team. And although he's comfortable being a playmaker, that's sort of a lot of pressure on his shoulders you know he was having to create all the angles because Zverev doesn't doesn't deal in angles and everybody thought he would win he was the favourite yeah yeah. and against Nadal you're not allowed any let ups he matched Nadal's intensity that whole match whereas this was a match of ups and downs really of intensity from both of them a little bit I think and team just didn't allow himself to have those against Nadal because he knew he couldn't it's like a throwback as well to play a guy like Zverev Simon, who served tonight. I mean, look, he served as abysmal in the ATP Cup and for much of last year. But then suddenly tonight, he in the first set, he hit 22 out of 24 first serves in. And in the third set, he had a run of 30 out of 30 first serves in, which he, is pretty unheard of for a guy with a big serve. contested number 31, didn't he? And then he hit a second Except serve ace. He had and no, then an ace uh, on the next point. <laughs> he thought it... I mean, Zverev would tell you he was 31 for 31, but um, he had no challenges remaining. Well, well, it was so incredible that we simply were not believing the stats in the app. We we thought it was malfunctioning. 30 out of 30, we thought, hang on a minute. How have we not noticed this? We, you know, Catelli was serving well, but surely we thought he'd missed one. And then, and a sort of twist of fate at the end of the match, Catherine and I met the guy who was doing the stats for the match. So we were able to tell him who is... to him that we doubted his work. Yes. He said, I doubted it myself. Yeah, he couldn't believe it either. So does he watch an ace go down and just sort of press a button that says ace? All, all so. the stats. Oh. But I, I feel like, from what you said, Catherine, you, it almost felt like you were talking about a Monfils or a Medvedev, you know, like hitting up the middle and um, neutering. I didn't quite see that. I felt like Zverev did a bit more than that. I mean, for one thing, he volleyed well tonight which was um, a surprise to me. He'd serve and volleyed a few times. Um, I, thought he, I thought he gave a pretty decent account of himself, but he did retrieve very well. In some ways, it was almost a little bit like a long-legged Novak. Yeah, he, I thought he retrieved really mm. well out mm. wide. That, was something, that was something we, Catherine and I were watching it together and we commented on it. He's not... He's not actually that fast, Zverev, but he does cover the court. He's, and he's, he's even in just there. big steps, he yeah. gets there and he gets himself in the right position. He's got the reach. Mm. I thought in some ways it was quite a nice way of going into a final against Novak because there are elements of Novak in the way that, that uh, Zverev played. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. I, um, for me, watching Zverev made me really appreciate Djokovic because... Oh. It is a similar style of play. Um, you definitely, if you were creating pigeonhole categories of styles, they'd, they'd fall into the same one. And obviously Zverev's got that extraordinary serve, extraordinary first serve, um, which is a, a, a sight to behold. Um, but there's just some kind of zing or pop on the ground strokes. That it's, it's the angles, aren't they? I mean, I think you are right. I mean, I don't think he went up the middle... But he doesn't find his angles. I mean, Novak spreads the court. Mm. Yeah. And, and Zverev plays in the court. And the, the line drives are good. But he doesn't have that kind of the, the one that breaks the sideline so much. You don't see that so much from him, do you? Well, I mean, we're, when we're sitting um, court level, you can. there were a couple of moments where you saw Zverev really try to up the pace and just take team on and take, you know, try and knock him off the court. A couple of times you saw this. 
and he actually doesn't have the same. He just doesn't have the same acceleration of shot. It doesn't do the damage that teams. They were heavy, aren't do. they? But they're they heavy. Sort of see where they're going, and, um, and they're predictable. But there were a couple of points. I mean, team is very quick, but you you just he can't knock people off the court from the baseline. He wears them down, um, and he can win. And he can win efficiently. But there's no there's no knockout but, punch but to can his he, shots. Can he not, or is he just? not committed mm. to that well, style I think he can. because we've seen him I think he we have seen him do it for a very brief period at the O2 when he won the yeah the tournament there it was heavy tennis he was playing that he was, was a lot of backhand line so a lot drives. of backhand powerful shots and his forehand had more pace and his serve was but like it is now the team was targeting the forehand which, which therefore n- down. negates that as of an ability he can't dominate with the backhand if he's getting forehands every shot I thought he looked um, like he showed progression. Mm. The way that he came forward was better than I've ever seen him come forward, in mm. my opinion. I mean, I remember, I, I've spoken about it before in the show, the way that Novak dismantled Zverev in Paris in the last French Open was by making him come forward, and he absolutely hated it. Yeah. Oh, it's a different surface, different day, but I thought he looked a lot better coming forward. He, he timed it better. There were some points when he refused. His lunge volleys were very good today. You know, he, he, he was really unlucky with a couple that just hit the tape and rolled back his own He was side. sort of better with the really difficult volleys. He yeah. dug out a, a couple of really impressive ones from, from very low, which considering his height and how much he had to stoop to them were very impressive. I thought some of his more routine volleys were slightly less convincing media announcement um, Dominic Team is now on his way to the main interview room but Dominic Team can make volleys look unconvincing because he's a heck of a passer yeah well, he, he really he, is nobody really rips it quite like he does but there I, was I, a good point from Zverev who very clearly said what has changed about Dominic Team. was it you asking that question somebody asked him what's changed now that's made Dominic Team better he said it's very simple I think it was your phone wasn't it Helena um, Your tennis playing oh, my foe. tennis foe. <laughs> um, it probably was. Well, well, I, I was actually just listening from the. Well, I, desk. I, I just asked, how come you know you you've won through these matches in straight sets, four matches in straight sets, whereas at the other slams you were having all these epics? Uh, what's changed? And he he said, I've just tried to just take it one at a time, concentrate on that one, and then go back to the locker room, think about the next one. And I didn't get a chance to ask enough follow-up, but it kind of suggests that he was getting ahead of himself previously. Mm. Yeah. Well, also, um, Zverev, to go back to the ATP point, the ATP finals point, one of the things that he uh, enjoyed there, I know, was the data. So <laughs> that'll be a, be a repost to um, Goran, because he was using a lot of data to, to shape his, his uh, game plan there. And he, and he at, at the World Tour finals that he won? Yeah. Right. He spoke about it to me... Um, at Wimbledon last year about how much it had, it had boosted his performance there so has um, he been not using data in these no, but, uh, I, I, just, I just mentioned that as a, as a kind of uh, having seen what Goran was um, was dissing the, uh, the, the the development of well, the what do you of, make of, of it stats. what he said I think it's really um, I think you're you're missing a trick if you don't use it I mean a lot of these guys I remember I asked Andy about it and he said oh well you can't tell if people are going to play the same way against you and I was like the fact is, okay, you can't tell if Novak's going to play the same way against you because he can play 10 different styles. But for 99% of players, they don't have the ability to change. And their patterns are the same in every match. And if you don't know what they are, and, you know, for instance, if you do know which way Stan is going to go when, when he's passing on the run, and he tends to go... <laughs> 
since he got the line, um, <laughs> then then it helps. Yeah, I think I think Goran's point really was as, is as much as anything that Djokovic is a player that wants so wanted so much information that he felt that he was getting away from just being the dominant force out there worrying about the other bloke too much um, so anyway he's in the final again so he's not doing too badly what was Varev saying about team that he said changed? that there was a massive difference in, in the shape of his shots and he had flattened them out whereas he used to be a clay quarter on all surfaces so there was a loop there and he'd run around like a headless chicken almost is what, what he implied just trying to trying to constantly make, keep the point alive and now he's flattened them out and um, they're driving through the court and actually one of the Eurosport commentators um, it was maybe McEnroe said that he's actually looking better on hard than he is on clay it was McEnroe on Channel 9 well, he, he said it on Channel 9 tonight and I, I think that's right he said it elsewhere I think that's probably right I mean we haven't seen team on clay this season though he might be the the amount that he's improved on hardcore he might also but his have improved his game team. does feel now perfectly perfectly set up for hardcourts with the with his ability to stand in now and take it on the rise and hit flat he's only got one weakness which is a slightly ineffective first serve by the standards of the rest of his game mm. yeah but and his second serve is one of the more effective ones mm. um, but yeah. I just I just really think he's made some bold choices team in the last 18 months or so with his coaching setup. you know Diction Gunter Bresnik was a really big decision for him yeah Someone, although people have been kind of screaming at him to do that haven't they <laughs> yeah but but an but indicator of how of how much of a friendship <laughs> yeah exactly Dominic team is now in the main interview room and then to go to Masu and Masu what a great just choice. Just deserves oh. so much credit. And we were sitting, I don't know, 20 or 30 feet away from Masu's, well, from Team's box when Nicholas Masu was sitting today. And just the vibes and the energy he gives off, he, he gets it right all the time. His it's, energy is it's, wonderful. It's positive, but it's not aggressive. But isn't also the other point that what an interesting appointment in the first place mm. the guy had never coached anybody mm. to my knowledge at the top level suddenly Dominic Team has hired Nicholas Massou who's who when somebody mentioned his name to me that's the bloke who won two gold medals in the same Olympics yeah. that's and that's t- 16 years ago which is ironic <laughs> right <laughs> given, given team, team has no interest in the Olympics, in the Olympics. no but I don't I never I've never thought I, I never thought oh Nicholas Massou will make a great coach I mean I didn't think he would make a rubbish coach it just didn't, never even occurred to me that he was a coach and yet Dominic Team has gone and I mean he could have had so many different coaches and he's gone and decided this is the guy whether it's his agent or whoever but he's chosen him and what a difference and, and it's felt like such a natural progression as well because he won Indian Wells last year but that's that's a kind of hard court tournament where people say you can play a little bit like you do on the clay with the conditions there. But then the back end of last season, we were all so impressed by the way he won Vienna indoors and then went and backed it up by winning Beijing, which is a 500-level event. He played good matches there, beat six pass in the final. Then goes to the ATP finals where he's turned up the last three years just dead on his feet and not playing the right sort of tennis gets to the final there beating Federer and Djokovic it felt like 
this has been coming. This is no fluke whatsoever that he's that he's got to this final. It's 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 a progression, and he's now one of the best hardcore players in the world, un- undoubtedly. And you expect you expect him to be at the end of these tournaments for the rest of his career. Really, he should be. So, and, and at least there's a mystery, the Mooster mystery, still yeah. hanging over him. And, and another bold decision he's made. Pat Cash in Five Live commentary with David tonight um, and he spent some time with Thomas Mister. I don't know whether he has the full story and he obviously didn't want to betray confidences on air or whether this is all he knows but he said he thought his impression was that Dominic team found Thomas Mister too intense Yeah well I heard about Mister arriving on the court um, for practice and apparently yeah, I mean, it was, it was scaring the pigeons off the rafters <laughs> the amount of noise he was making <laughs> Really? And, you, and you just imagine this guy kind of coming on and being, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the, the the big fella here. It's just not the way that the team operates. Mm. Well, when, that's the thing. When you've got a vibe that is a certain way, it's kind of got to fit. And that's definitely what Goran was saying to us the other night is that you, he took his time to see how Djokovic likes to be approached and how Marian Vida wants to operate. And, and I... You kind of got to. I mean, I didn't. I don't know the inside story. We know Thomas Muster a little bit from the Champions Tour days, and and enjoyed his company. But he's a f- formidable guy. He's I mean, in your face. Isn't definitely yeah. intense is a word I would associate. Yeah, he's all or nothing. He, you know, he was he was a fellow that when he was on a diet, he was on the most strict diet I've ever seen, and and he lost an extraordinary amount of weight in a short space of time then he loaded it on an incredible rage because he, he loved to drink in a barbecue um, and then made and a comeback age sort of 75 yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean he got himself he, he ended up playing Dominic Team in a challenger <laughs> yeah. when he was in his 40s Dominic Team was about 18 and, and Who won? must have got himself into the most ripped shape you've ever seen in your life you should have seen the training he was doing but he couldn't win a match because he he just he, he literally his game was was a joke compared I to these guys I remember him withdrawing from a Champions Tour event because he was making his main tour comeback yeah and I mm-hmm. thought it checked it wasn't a joke before I put it in the press release the uh, Zverev we've just spoken to I suppose I suppose he kind of would say this but he he I found him convincing he thinks team has a real chance in this final mm. if he plays well well, my intro has, uh, in, my, in my desperate search for something new to say about uh, Djokovic's final, I've got um, team as, as the uh, silent movie star tied to the train tracks waiting for the train that is Djokovic to, to arrive. I mean, the, the point about that is that the silent movie star sometimes <laughs> escapes. <laughs> Sounds jolly. But, um, yeah. but uh, you know, he's probably not uh, looking forward to it. Well, d- see, I d- oh. when I look at the draw... And I, I realised I was not one of the ones who put team in the final. Um, all right, Matt's got his hand up because he picked the exact final that we have. And, uh, and I'm thinking of firing him. Um, there's just an X factor about team. He has that ability to make you feel that even against Djokovic, even against Djokovic in Australia... That if he hits his straps and he's and he fight and he and he and he starts to connect. Well, we commentated on it, didn't we, at the uh, the O2 yeah. arena? It was just it was just a series of 
Oh my word! Well, I was so stoned by the whole thing that I suggested <laughs> that the radio listeners should go and start watching on TV. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> so so that another, another great moment in broadcasting on from me. So, it, was, it was fantastic. We, we, we I know de- the producer was delighted. We're, we're delivering what we think is the most brilliant commentary to, to really <laughs> capture the mood, and that every, people are walking in a, and Simon says, "If you can get yourself to a TV." <laughs> 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 to which point you said, but just turn the volume down and keep us on in the background. Yeah. Very good answer. Nifty footwork for me. Um, anyway, it was a good match. And uh, what I would say about that was the backhands up the line that he hit, like probably 15 of them. And they felt like they were bouncing near the baseline and then hitting the back ball without bouncing again. And I, somebody timed one of his backhands here at 99 miles an hour. And it, I mean, it's like Stan, but if you kind of injected a stand with whatever Superman has for breakfast. It's just so big, that ball. You literally don't think the guy could swing any harder. So to maintain your technique and your control when you're just absolutely redlining it, that's what you've got to do. I mean, it seems to me that you can't really beat Novak unless you're going to take the backhand up the line. Yeah. His whole game is actually predicated on making you do that. So there's uh, your Because temp- it's the hardest shot in the book. There's your blueprint then, isn't it? 2015 French Open final. He's definitely Vavrinka, you know, 2.0. This is what Dominic team is. He's Vavrinka on like roadrunner legs. Yeah. And, and I don't think he needs to, you know, refer to Vavrinka necessarily. He, he, he's, he's done it himself against Djokovic. Mm. Pop quiz question. Last five matches, team and Djokovic, how many has team won? He's won five out of the last six. Four. Four out of the last Four five. Four out of the last five. So, you know, he's, he's dominated that head-to-head in the he's, last five I mean, matches. two of them were on clay. Admittedly, a lot of them on clay. He's beaten him at a slam, though. Three on well, it's not, it's, he's not in his head the way I, I Nadal think, I think that was. that French Open win was significant because I, I had Djokovic winning that match just because of a, a, a guy like Djokovic is a different animal at a slam. Yeah, I don't agree because I think Djokovic is a different animal on Rod Laver. Mm. I just think what happens on Philip Chatrier does not apply to what happens on Rod Laver. And, and, and this does feel like an Andy Murray-esque start to Dominic Thiem's yeah, yeah. Co- I think um, I might have written that. Grand Slam final <laughs> appearances. Ten minutes ago. I mean, so... <laughs> so Murray... Don't ruin it, Matt. <laughs> I bring Murray into every piece anyway. As anyone who reads me will know, he makes an appearance on almost every piece in some kind of tangential manner. Yeah, just in terms of the fact that Murray had to play... Federer in his first two slam finals on a hard court when he was the best hard court player in the world and team had Nadal on clay and he's the best clay quarter and then Murray's third he got Djokovic on the Rod Laver arena and team's got Djokovic on the Rod Laver arena I would still be backing Djokovic based based on the form he's shown in these two weeks but I think of, of, of anyone on that side of the draw I think team was the was the one who I was, could, could give Djokovic. I was the trying to work problems. out if you can get into Novak's head, who are the people he doesn't want to play? And it seems to me there's probably four or five people he he would prefer to play Nadal or Federer than those four or five people. Like um, team is not at the top of the list for Absolutely. me. Absolutely, mm. um, Zverev. Um, yeah, I think he doesn't like Zverev. Zverev beat him at the at the, at the tour finals. Um, yeah, it's and, not the same thing. Uh, and but yeah, but he he took the back and up the line, which is again the shot that that Novak doesn't want to see. Um, I don't think he wants to play Medvedev. Yeah, Medvedev, I would put. Um, up and it. even Kyrgios. I, I don't think mm. he wants to play Sitsipas either no. at, at, at this I, tournament. Well, I, did, mm, I, I wonder about Sitsipas. I feel like he would. I feel like he would kill the Sitsipas backhand. Mm. 
I think he. I th- and anyway, the point is, I think he'd rather play Nadal or Federer than than Team. Definitely, I, I think Team was at the, 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 the top of his uh, his non-hit list for and opponents. It, and the other thing about Team is you don't worry about him physically. I know there were a few little concerns that maybe he was feeling a bit unwell. He was. He was clutching his stomach a little it bit today. Like he, he was cramps. wincing a little bit. Stomach but, cramps to me. You know, the, the Australian Open is the only slam that has this two-day semi-final. Team's got, team's got the Friday one. Djokovic gets an extra 24 hours of rest. Traditionally, that hasn't actually had much of an impact on the final, but I think the fact that they even create that potential always seems a bit unfair. But you just don't worry that team is going to struggle in five sets against Djokovic. You, you, you just... You just don't. He's gone toe-to-toe with Nadal physically and come out stronger. So that is a massive tick next to the team compared to a lot of the other guys as well. thing is that um, Djokovic is going to show up and play a very high level in this final. But I think you can almost guarantee that. Team could be tired. You don't know whether team is going to do that. Has anyone ever won a Grand Slam with hair as bad as Dominic Team's? <laughs> What about um, curtain? And, and I don't. I, I mean, hair that at the time feels bad. Obviously, you go back to the eighties, and all hair was bad. See, I, I've been kind of won over by the Dominic team hair. <laughs> look at the look on everybody's face. You should see Murrit's team. Team's yeah, brother. They went to the same hairdresser. They went <laughs> what about Andy's first slam? He had pretty terrible hair that day. Yes. I still don't. Sort of. But that I, was I, I, just I bring Murray into the conversation. That was just unruly. That was, yeah, it wasn't like I've gone to huge. a hairdresser and I've it just asked hadn't for gone something to a hairdresser. specifically bad. Team's made a statement. What does the yeah, statement his, say, though? The statement <laughs> is I'm taste. a teenager and I've just <laughs> it's, it's, it's had I'm my single. first breakup. Yeah. <laughs> Are we really positioned to comment on somebody's poor taste with hair? As I no. sit here with my grey. You didn't. You didn't Rubbish go hair. to the hairdresser though and say, "Give me that." <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of happened. I just went from brown to grey. Yeah, uh, where I respect he? his right to have that hair, but I defend your right to comment on it. Suspect he will look back with regret. We- <laughs> When you see the photo, when got the trophy. Years, so <laughs> it's your only slam. It's like I look like that. <laughs> it was bad enough, Dimonor in Atlanta last year with yeah. his silly moustache. Yeah, with there the, is, um, there with is the trophy. We were we were thinking that any Grand Slam check because we were going through the role of the roles of honour to try to find anybody who'd got a hairstyle that they might regret um, and we couldn't think of anybody because everybody's hair statement is made before they make it. Nobody's ever had a Kevin Peterson blue skunk when they've won a slam, have they? No. Correct. Yeah. That's what we think, at least. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> well, you're only going to be here with us today, Simon, so who's going to win that final? Well, you can't pick against Djokovic or Rod Labour Arena. He's won seven out of seven. Not even going to have a, like, a bit of a, you know... Bit no? Of, bit <laughs> of a, <bit laughs> I mean, he, I always quote Brad Gilbert, he is a tax man, he always delivers. Oh my word! Always, always collects, but perhaps that, that, that the postman delivers. <laughs> <Tax man collects>. <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, I won't say it. I was going to say, Brad Gilbert might get that mixed up. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just got it mixed up on his behalf. So there we are at BG Tennis Nation. Go on, Brad. Um, okay, so is it going to be boring and straight sets then, or maybe four sets? Right. 
Sensible. That's the sensible prediction, I think. Yeah, but I'm Mr. Sensible. For... We don't do sensible here. On the <laughs> I have sensible. no frosted tips. Right. Okay, well, we're, we're going to give our preview tomorrow night because we've got another show to talk about. So let's have a look at uh, the women's final, which is coming up tomorrow night. Sophia Kennan against um, Gabini Muguruza. Not the final that we would have thought. What about you, Simon? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you don't pick Muguruza on the back of um, seven losses out of eight at the end of last season. I know she had a slight improvement. Is that what it was? Crikey. Yeah. Uh, that began in Eastbourne, was it? Or somewhere around then? Um, but then she split with Sumek at Wimbledon, which you know, I thought that might be a, a boost, but then she seemed to spend the rest of the year getting over it. Um, we should mention that thread that we did on Twitter where we said predict your women's Grand Slam winners for 2020 Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, US just put a name next to each one and I think we got over 100 replies this was in December only one person is still in the running to get all four correct because one person had Muguruza winning the Australian Open everyone else is out um Honorary shout-out. Can't remember, but it's on our it's on our Twitter page. One very generous Twitter follower offered a hundred dollars, I think, for for if he actually if this person actually pulls it off. Wow! But getting Muguruza right is only a quarter of the way there. Right. Um, but yeah, it, I think it just does illustrate just how out of the blue this final is really I mean it's easy to get kind of swept up in Muguruza's form this week and it makes sense that she's here based on the tennis she's been playing but very very few people saw this coming a kind of one in a hundred shot feels like my, and even my more so Kenin in the final my women's preview is very uh, Kilimanjaro heavy <laughs> but she's re- have, you done, have you done the Kilimanjaro thing no. to talk about it until well she's talked about date. it on the first Thursday to quite quite a oh, well, the semi-final she said it's sort of too emotional a thing to get into now. can you uh, can so, you fill us in Simon oh, so, yeah, she was, she'd already given you the scoop well, she did in the interview room. I mean, all you've got to do is go back to the transcripts. Um, oh, you sound like Zverev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right, Simon. Um, so, yeah, she decided that she was going to go up the uh, mountain and she, she, she did some social media posts from there. And it was, uh, it was all about how she was on the ledge uh, looking down the 300-metre drop. Um, and, uh, and it was freezing at night and, and she had to trek for 22 hours on the actual day of summiting. Um, and uh, then she came down and she on the first Thursday she said that it had been a big test of her mental toughness and she, she felt it she'd come through and then we had Conchita Martinez who spoke about it as well today basically ventriloquizing the same thing in different words so that, was, that was definitely enough to get into wow pretty cool I went to the wrong press conference <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we had actually brilliant press conferences we had Alex Kinnan as well Right. Um, who uh, we asked him Father about? Father of Sophia Kennan. Yeah. We asked him about um, uh, why there are so many players now with Russian heritage who are doing really well, and he said, uh, "The route is tough. It's tough and bitter." Oh, <laughs> that's sort of Anna Karenina esque. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said this in my piece. It, it sounded like something from Dostoevsky. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then he talked about his own journey to New York and being a a, a driver in the evening and going to school to learn computer programming in the morning, 
Um, she hadn't actually been around at the moment, but the way he talked about it was like there was a kind of um, a genetic bequest that <laughs> this kind of stress had, uh, had then uh, passed its way through the genes into her being, and it's why she's such a feisty character. Wow. There's a great little um, WTA video about with sort of her and her family and sort of just giving an insight into her backstory. Her dogs feature. They're yes. great. Good dog game. You were particularly taken by the respective size of yeah, the Yeah, I really like it when people have one tiny dog and one massive dog. But, but this is the final. Just... It's the tiny dog, massive dog final. Is it? Yeah. Kenan is a, is a terrier, oh. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Muggerosa is clearly a, Are we all stealing large... all your best material, Simon? Uh, yeah, well, I've done it already. I've written it already. It's already probably up there <laughs> so on, the, on the internet. So Muggerosa is what, a Great Dane? Yeah, it could be a Great Dane, but I kind of went with Labrador in the end. I thought oh. Great Dane was possibly uh, over, overdoing it a little bit. <laughs> in fact, I think, the, I mean, <laughs> dogs might... I don't know what Garmin and Muggerosa's approach to dogs is. Um, Djokovic certainly posted that lovely dog video earlier this week. Yeah, you, he's gone right up in your estimation, yeah. hasn't he? Great, it was it was great. Right. I mean, yeah, the the dog was the star, but well done both of them. Yeah, he um, he was good too. Um, yeah, Kenan's got was, um, I think like a Rottweiler and then some sort of looked like a Chihuahua Corgi cross maybe. It was great anyway. Right, I wish I'd never started this. <laughs> um, okay, thanks for for that. And um, so yeah, so you've written about it from a sort of. Garbini Muguruza style yeah. of things. Yeah, I think she's interesting just because of the trajectory is so all over the shop. It is all over the shop, and yet here she is on the verge of doing three of the four slams. Three of the four slams. Amazing. But she's class, isn't she? I mean, that's the whole point. And Stan Vavrinka-esque, isn't it? If she turns up and plays, I don't see that the, the Kenning can do anything. I mean, if Muguruza does her, her best game, I just think it's, it's, it's a non-starter. I mean, Kenning is great. I mean, I really like watching what she does, but I just don't think that a a full-on Muguruza can't, can't see her being stopped. It's interesting how Kenan hasn't... Media announcement. Good news. The last shuttle will now be leaving at 2am, oh. not 1.30. 2am for the last media transport. Awesome. Let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kenan hasn't had any hype since the start of her career. And yet, as a child prodigy, she had loads of, loads of... TV time, all these videos showing her as a seven-year-old and returning the serves of, of famous people and talking about how she wants to be a play and, and, and yet she's 21 years of age, she's in the, in the final, I notice she's got 18,000 Twitter followers, I've got more than that, and mm. I'm a nobody mm. and she's a famous tennis player in the final so why hasn't she caught on? I mean, it's the difference between her and a golf, the physicality Coco golf. Yeah well, I mean, I mean, in the sense that Goff arrived, you know, at 15 and was beating people. Yeah. Is it a physical thing? Because Kenan isn't... She's a great tennis player, but she doesn't have that kind of power in her body. Mm. I don't really know what it is. I mean, she it was quite interesting. Bethany Matic-Sands, uh, who we'll talk about in a minute, because she's through to the mixed doubles final with Jamie Murray, but she posted some videos of herself with Kenan in the locker room, which I think is probably against the rules, but we'll let that go. Um, and, uh, you know, it was. It, I felt like I'm kind of discovering more about Sophia Kenan in these couple of 20-second videos than, than I know as a, of her as an adult. We, we get all the... I mean, you're right, it was a very nice sort of life story, but there was a rawness to seeing her in the locker room and being... 
kind of childlike in a, in a teenage way. I mean, she's 21, but she was giggly about Andy Roddick having tweeted her. You know, she couldn't believe it. Absolutely amazed that Andy Roddick had sent her a tweet and this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know. I wonder whether she will, if she wins this, will, will that be, be covered? And would you get a lot of space for that or not? I mean, a major final is a major final. I mean... Uh, Can a major I, final make a, a, a sort of noise for a player in its own right? Can that create somebody? Yeah, but I mean, can she become a, a dominant player? I wouldn't have thought so. Does mm. anyone think she can? She thinks she can be world number one. Yeah, she probably can. Um, and, I mean, she's, she's got as much game as Wozniacki, right? So then, yeah, she can be a dominant yeah. player. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. It's going to be interesting, actually, to see but whether she wasn't sustains on it. <sighs> but no, you, but, but 71 you... weeks at number one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's... It's going to be interesting. I mean, she, she brings intensity. That's, that's the key, mm. isn't it? She, there is she, a similarity. She's 24 hours on, you know, on it. Anyway, and, she's doing. And she did say in her press conference, Kenin, that she's looking forward in a way to having a bit more attention. She said she's she wants to try and embrace that a bit more. I think part of part of the reason, perhaps, why she's not been hyped is she's never given too much of that. She's not been interested in all the outside marketing part of it you know that it's a, it's a two-way thing right it has to come a little bit from the player and we, as we said yesterday she's very matter of fact in terms of her approach on the court and she's going to go and she's going to hit the ball and then the next point and then here's the interview one two three questions and out and yeah maybe she'll get more comfortable and 
I don't know, work out maybe a few of the sort of things that you can do that might the, but, the, the buttons the buttons you cheat can codes. press you Play know, the just, game to, a bit. just to kind of get a bit of bit of attention not that she should seek it if she doesn't want it that's absolutely fine go and be a tennis champion if that's what you the way you want to live your life not a problem at all but I think um, it'll be interesting to fi- find out whether the whether she wants more than that Dominic team doesn't do any of that either though yeah, no. you can you can, you can win I mean that, that's the shortcut so that's the cheat code uh, yeah and he, but he c- does connect I think. Yeah, I think so. His tennis connects. His tennis does. And he's likeable. That's that's the thing. He's He's not very interesting. But, I mean, look, he doesn't tell you... I I think he's a lovely bloke. Yeah. But, I mean, he'd rather interview Alex Vera of any day of the week, wouldn't he? But people end up, in a stadium, end up liking Dominic Team. Part of that is because his tennis is so irresistible. But he's also... He makes you feel what he's going through, I find. He's a very decent fellow, and he kind of that comes across in his on courts and in his play and in the way that he doesn't want to offend you if he gets a net cord or an, an, anything of that kind yeah I'm not talking about their their a, a, appeal their sort of objective appeal it's just you were talking about you know sort of playing the marketing game and I was just I mean Dominic team doesn't really play that at all does he, he no. just is what he is extremely straightforward likeable bloke take me or leave me there was a really long article about him do you remember that big uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was an, a US writer assigned to follow him around for oh, days, really? days and weeks on end. Blimey. To, to, try to, <laughs> to try to kind of get beneath the surface and find out who he is and try to sort of bring him out. And I, I think he is exactly what he presents yeah. himself to I, be, I, though. Well, I think her conclusion was, you know, look, he's a really, really decent guy who really loves playing tennis and he's... And there's, Chelsea. Th- and there's not that much more that he's that bothered about. It's a bit like when I interviewed uh, Kyle Edmund for an hour and a half in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody is has that much more to them. And, I mean, that, and that's fine, really. I just find that I kind of just like team as he is, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was Chloe Cooper Jones, right, who wrote that. Do piece. you remember the piece? Yeah, for GQ. I can't remember every detail about it, but I just found it mm. quite interesting. Uh, that, that somebody would take that approach, that <laughs> almost as though Catherine has ever had accreditation checked. Quite right. Yeah. You're about to be ejected there. Yeah. Why? Yes, there's a woman. Well, because she was had her arm like half obscuring it. Come up and check the old back. Got to abide by the rules, mate. <laughs> <laughs> definitely heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was as though she was lucky we were alive. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was as though the journalist was sort of like. He can't be really, really like this. I'm going to go and find out what he's really like, mm. you know. And actually, he turned out actually he just is a nice bloke. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the the um, New York Times profile of Tom Hanks recently. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. One. Oh, it's the most uplifting thing yeah. ever. It? It's just oh, just read it. Everyone right. read it. It's Tell brilliant. You, you finish the podcast. I'm going to go and find out. I actually do have a way to finish the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trust me. It, it's yeah. it's worth waiting for. It's it's worthy of the big crescendo but we should probably whiz through some other pretty notable results from the day first i think possibly the most notable is jordan wiley who today won her 11th grand slam title her 10th with partner yui kamiji in the wheelchair doubles they defeated the top seeds dida de groot and anik van koot 
from Holland 6264. And it's the first Grand Slam title for Jordan Wiley since the birth of her son almost exactly two years ago because she's missed her son's birthday. is her, her son's second birthday, much to her sadness to, to be here at, at this tournament. And uh, yeah, that must be incredibly tough. But what... What a fortnight for her in Yui Kimiji and um, yeah, what a absolutely fantastic achievement. A f- one of a few good achievements for Brits today. Jamie Murray and Bethany Matek-Sands are into the mixed doubles final. They beat the Aussie pair Astra Sharma and John Patrick Smith in a Champions tiebreak and they now face... And we'll now face uh, <laughs> Krechikova and Mektic in the final. Will Jamie Murray and Bethany Matic-Sands. And they held court, didn't they, in the interview room uh, for a good 20 minutes. And, uh, and they just clearly enjoy each other's company on the court and, and have a laugh. Um, what interested me how they just feel like they just meshed immediately as a doubles team. Not everybody does. Yeah, I mean, they were way too good for... Uh, the Aussies today they're just better tennis players basically mm. um, but the, the final will be quite tricky I think but they've, they've won the last two US Opens Murray and Matek Sands and yeah they are they are pretty tough to beat I think Jamie's more effective in mix isn't he because he just he occupies that centre of the court and he's so brilliant at, at uh, Brad Gilbert they're going to quote him again he calls him Stretch Murray doesn't he yeah, he does. So it's, it, he, he covers a larger slice of the middle of the court than anybody else, which mixed double is very effective. Uh, and like, like Mr. Tickle. Yes. He got the long arms. Yeah. Yeah, just two one. of them. But the, the, the sort of swirly ones. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Tennis players as Mr. Men, that would be, that'd be a good one. That, that's how you like that. We're doing I'm, it. I'm, I'm up for that. We're doing the whole show on that, right? Okay. <laughs> um, we had uh, Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reed winning the men's wheelchair doubles. Uh, we've had today uh, Babosh and Miladenovic winning the women's doubles 6 2 6 1 over Shea and Stritzova. Yeah, they're just an unbeatable pair. That's an Babosh awesome. and I mean, that, that's the top seeds they've just beaten 6 yeah. 2 6 1. I mean, they oh. bulldozed their way through the WTA finals, didn't they? Yes, and did you and did you see Stritzkova, uh, her encore interview? She thanked her one and only boyfriend. Was <laughs> <laughs> she making a point of some kind? I don't know what she was saying, but um, wow. everyone seemed to find it quite funny, and it was. She, she, she really is hilarious. Strong she's, quote. She's really nice. I have interviewed her before. She's actually great value. Excellent. Okay, well, I'll just tell you what's happening tomorrow, and then we'll have Catherine's anecdote. It's not mine. Um, okay, right, okay. Uh, well, tomorrow it's the Junior Boys Singles Final, and it's Harold, oh dear, uh, Mayotte or Mayo? What? Come on, Matt. Mayo. Mayo against Arthur. Caso. Oh, thanks. Are they uh, both French? Yeah, all French Junior Boys Final. And Are you going to give us the, the rundown of the Fortnite tournament that's going on in the grounds, or <laughs> the Glam Slam this weekend? No, well, you've just done that. Uh, and uh, I don't even know what you... That's the, the lesbian and gay tournament that they're going to run. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I didn't know about that. Okay. Uh, and Any reviews of um, Billy Idol or Fatboy Slim? No, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. I actually tried to go to Fatboy Slim. Did I you? did go to Fatboy Slim. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm. They've been doing music here, have they? It's actually a, it's a he. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Otherwise known as Norman Cook, formerly of the House Martins. He's older than you. Okay. Uh, ju- junior Girls Singles Final. Uh, David, I don't, I don't speak <laughs> Polish. We need, to, we, need to, we need to do some research on this. Uh, Veronica uh, Bashak. We'll go with for now, but we'll check it. Uh, against Victoria Jimenez Kassintseva. Yeah. Very good. Okay, right. Well, we'll I've got f- a nasty feeling I know where we're going now. What do you mean? <laughs> okay, well, hold on a minute. It is Brexit day, Simon. Yeah. J- just let me finish the, the order play. Uh, and then we've, got, music. then we've got the quad wheelchair singles final between Dylan Orcott and Andy Lapthorne, uh, which is uh, not before three o'clock local time. And then we've got the singles final at 7.30 local time, which is 8.30 UK time. We should have music in the background. And 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> shut up. 3.30 in the morning uh, in the States for Sophia Kennan against Garbini Magarutha. And then after that, I'm commentating on this uh, at about midnight uh, between Bethany Matic Sands and Jamie Murray and and Kritchikova and Mektic. Is there this much housekeeping in every episode? Or have I just not listened to the end this I week? I probably better learn their names completely very well before we start uh, my commentary. Right, okay. What are you got to say? It's Brexit day. <laughs> Correct. And Simon's got a way to mitigate the pain. Okay. Well, you're not going to give me an introduction of any kind. I... <laughs> Um, this is this is the, the anecdote I told you while we, we were waiting. I was trying to mitigate the pain of the Legends bun fight, <laughs> which is the midweek event you, and second week when we all stand in a line and the, the Legends and the sort of famous broadcasters of the Navratilovas of this world, they all supposedly walk down towards the print going past the TV cameras first and the radio mics, but nobody actually got as far as us apart from Yelena Dokic. Uh, was there somebody else? Oh, yeah, Mark Philippoussis. Yeah, it was a bit like that. So to mitigate the pain, I told my uh, Boris Johnson anecdote. Why, why did I get onto it? I think, was it via Fat Boy Slim? Uh, it, w- it was meanderingly via Fat Boy Meandering. Slim. Yeah. Did, did anybody here know that Simon has a rock and roll past? I Quite literally. I didn't know that. So I was the rock critic for the Daily Telegraph uh, from the mid-90s until the early 2000s. Um, and it peaked in about 1996-97 during that period when Oasis and Blur were involved in the Battle of the Bands and uh, Oasis brought out Roll With It and Blur brought out um, Country, House. Country House, which was a, one, two of their worst songs in each case. And they were kind of moving in parallel up the charts and it became a bit of a national issue and around about this time I was also working for Wisden Cricket Monthly because I had a portfolio career like, like uh, young people today um, and the, the phone rang in the Wisden Cricket Monthly office and it was Boris Johnson who was then the uh, columnist on the Telegraph before he moved into politicking full time and he wanted to know what I thought of Oasis because he wanted to write a piece about how boring this whole uh, cultural phenomenon was and how unlistenable they were and he said don't you think that they have no tunes at all I said well I think they do have tunes they're just a little bit derivative and I mean I can't say that I find them particularly inspiring but yeah I mean they're pretty catchy he went no 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 you, you don't remember any of their tunes I'm convinced of that and I was like well I do and he said well if you can remember the tune of Wonderwall then sing it to me 
So there I was in, in, a, in a semi-detached house in the fringes of Guildford, surrounded by statisticians um, of the cricket variety, trying to warble down the phone to Boris Johnson. I'm sure he only did it to make me embarrassed, um, but, which it definitely did. And, the, the, you know, typically I finished my rendition and the conversation ended and then he went away and wrote the same piece he was going to write all along. <laughs> In any case, I couldn't quite work out what was the point. I mean, he... <laughs> So, yeah. The point is this moment now, son. Yeah. To be able Did you to get tell punked by Boris Johnson? <laughs> it was bizarre. <laughs> so, Wonderball. Wonderball. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> Today. It's going to be the day. Is that it? No, that's the one. That, yeah. Okay. You did it better than I did, frankly. What's the next bit? It's not going to happen, is it? I'm not singing. I saved my, I saved my, <laughs> me. I saved my karaoke for uh, late nights in Paris with George Belshaw. Oh, that's really so does. good. We'll take our recorder into that then. Okay. Well, that's a splendid anecdote. Even if we didn't get the rendition ourselves, Boris Johnson got it, not us, here on the Tennis Podcast. Um, anything else? Anything else, Amir? I have shout-outs. Oh, great. <laughs> Tough okay. act to follow. Awesome. Yeah. Let's have them. Um, Simon Lambert. Good Ryan on you, Simon. Oliver. And Alison Rowe. Awesome. Simon, Ryan, Alison, legends, one and all. Thank you for your support. Thank you very much. Uh, on the Tennis Podcast. And, um, yeah, it's because of people like yourselves that we are able to all be here uh, recording a, a Tennis Podcast at 1.29 a.m. Did I do it better at the Legends Hour? No. <laughs> Good. It's, it's, it's brilliant it's every time. time. Okay. Yeah. Did you sing it at Legends Hour? No. Catherine didn't ask. That was your vindictive no, no, approach. You've <laughs> <laughs> only given him the one beer. It's your fault, Catherine, honestly. Yeah. Anyway. He'd have sung it in New York. <laughs> <laughs> After meeting Bianca Andreescu. <laughs> Check me out is what Simon would have been saying. Um, and we will be back tomorrow. So tell your friends about the tennis podcast. You never know what you're going to get. Anecdotes galore from all sorts of people. Um, and uh, yes, go on Reddit, which is our tennis podcast community, listener my community. My mum's on there. Catherine's mum's joined. Wow, well, now I feel like I'm really technologically backward. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, Matt will show you how it works, Simon. Don't you worry. Um, and uh, yeah, sign up to our newsletter, go on Instagram, all that. Uh, Twitter well, actually I'll tell you what I'm, I'm a bit done with Twitter at the moment so we'll leave that um, and we'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow uh, and another one the day after as well so I'm sure we'll probably think of a one for the day after that as well but uh, you know the tournament will be over <laughs> Catherine's shaking her head okay uh, two more to go folks hope you're enjoying these see you tomorrow ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. 
Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.